the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to Thanksgiving and how to be thankful around Thanksgiving, there is one ugly sin that gets in the way of being thankful from a Christian perspective. Well, tonight, Dr. Buckner will bring a special message on Thanksgiving and that one ugly sin that gets in the way of being thankful. For we are not pretending but contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, good to be with you. Thank you, Brother Jim. It's good to have you in the studio and also to have your lovely wife uh, along with Amen. us uh, in the studio as well. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. <clears throat> I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. And uh, like Brother Jim has said, we are going to uh, tackle the subject matter of uh, Thanksgiving since it's right around the corner. And, you know, we are to be thankful not only just one time a year, but uh, every day, uh, because it tells us in First Thessalonians 5 and 18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we are to give thanks uh, all the time for the good, bad, and the ugly, no matter what we experience. And so we want to call your attentions to the book of Lamentations. You hardly hear people uh, drawing a text from there and preaching on it, but I want to draw my text from uh, Lamentations chapter 3, and I want to uh, read in your hearing uh, verse 39, Lamentation 3 and verse uh, 39. Um, Now, the background of this is that the people of God is lamenting over being... uh, in uh, slavery, and they are uh, being uh, judged by God in so many different ways, and and they are being judged by God righteously, uh, but uh, they are starting to complain a lot because the one ugly uh, sin that I want to talk about tonight that gets in the way of being thankful is uh, complaining. And a lot of people have the gift of complaint. That's uh, what they live for, and they live in that every day of their lives. And I believe as long as we're doing that, God can't really bless us the way we need to be blessed. But it says here in the text, Wherefore uh, doth a living man complain, a man for the punishment of his sins? I mean, the people were literally blaming God for, uh, you know, their punishment and for everything that they were going through, and but they weren't uh, realizing that uh, God's justice and uh, His judgments are just, and and many times we can become bitter rather than uh, better. So, I want to talk to you about the subject matter of Thanksgiving or complaining, Thanksgiving or complaining, and um, that ugly sin that gets in the way of our blessings is uh, complaining and just complaining all the time about everything. When a Christian gets frustrated, stressed, depressed, we oftentimes complain like uh, the children of Israel. One of the things that uh, kept them from the promised land was the fact that they were a people of complaint. 
And that's one of the things that kept them from the promises of God and the blessings of God. And it's a lesson for all of us to learn that God has promises for us. He has blessings for us. But as long as we're in the spirit of complaint all the time, and we see this with church folks and non-church folks, it gets in the way of our blessings before God. Uh, many have, like I said, the gift of complaint. They don't have the gift of anything else in the body of Christ, but they definitely have the gift of complaint. Uh, they're never happy, uh, always complaining. Uh, they're angry. They're bitter. They're always discouraged, disappointed. And this leads to a spirit of complaint. And this is something we want to avoid at all costs. Um, people who are always in the spirit of thankfulness and praise and worship, it just puts a, a TKO to the spirit of complaint. Just every day of your life, just get into a spirit of praise and worship and adoration and just hold your heart up before God and just praise him for all things and realize that no matter what you go through, Remember Romans 8 and 28, all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. So if you have that type of attitude that God is involved in your circumstances, he's involved with your struggles and your problems and your issues, and no matter how bad they get, if it's in a marriage, if it's in a church, if it's in a community, if it's on your job— just continue to praise God in the midst of it all, because we know that God is involved in our lives, and no matter what we go through, we complain about everything. We complain about the type of food we eat. We complain about, you know, how much weight we're gaining. We complain about churches. We complain about marriage. We complain about our children. We complain about our parents, our jobs, our finances. We complain about the style of dress we have, the cars, our relatives who oftentimes in-laws become outlaws, and we uh, complain about just everything, everything around us we complain about. And uh, even people, when they get into uh, marital counseling, it's always somebody else's fault. It's never their fault. So they always point the finger complaining about their spouse. And so people have the gift of complaints the gift of griping, grumbling, fumbling, murmuring, and whining, and belly aching over everything under the sun. And these types of gifts are not from God, but they're from Satan. They're from the flesh. Uh, the word complaint in the dictionary is defined as an expression of an unhappy dissatisfaction or discontent. And the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4 and 11, I've learned in everything to be content. And oh, how we need to have that type of spirit today in our world today. Hey, let me share a story with you. And this is interesting. It's a true story. A certain man, well known for his constant complaining, inherited a large sum of money. Uh, when he got it, he still complained <laughs> about uh, that he didn't have enough money. And he brought a, a bought a farm, and he asked his wife what she thought he should name it. And she quickly answered, why don't you call it Belly Acres? Uh, <laughs> 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 and what a way to name it for him, because that's what he was doing. Now, this message probably uh, doesn't uh, directly relate to you, 
And if it relates to you, you need to do something about the spirit of complaining. Complaining is the is the American sin today. It's the one of the biggest sins that is causing people to be cheated of a true relationship with God, a close relationship with God, and being blessed in the promised land of our day today. We complain about uh, churches. We complain about different types of styles of fellowship, and we complain about politics and Democratic Party and the Republican Party, the Independent Party. We gripe about everything. Uh, employees uh, complain about the employers, and uh, students complain about teachers on the workloads. We complain about traffic jams or no traffic jams. We, we don't. If there is no traffic jam, we'll create something to complain about in the car. Uh, God has a purpose in uh, the fact that sometimes when accidents happen, you got to thank God in the midst of it. When you see an accident, you thank God because that could have been you in that accident. And when you see a fatal accident, you thank God that that wasn't you rather than complaining. All this traffic is held up and all this stuff. We complain about the taxes, too many taxes. We complain about the IRS. And most of the time, we're the ones that's in trouble, not the IRS. Listen, the Word of God comes down pretty hard on the sin of complaint. Preschoolers complain about, I don't, they won't let me take a nap. <laughs> uh, children complain, my teachers give me too much homework. Teenagers complain to their parents by saying, you never let me do anything. Dads complain when they feel the mothers are not doing what they're supposed to do and the children and they've been working all day and come home and they see no work done around the house. Somebody has said on the seventh day, God rested. And on the eighth day, God started answering the people's complaints. (laughs) The sins of complaint. This is an ugly sin today. Now, I want to say this in conclusion. I want to give you some good words of encouragement in conclusion. How do we overcome this spirit of complaint? And I want you to make a note of these points. How do we overcome this spirit of complaint? That's a good question. First and foremost, number one, we need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 and 22 says one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, and he will control the flesh, your anger, your depression, your stress, and everything else like that. The Holy Spirit will do that if you allow him. If you dethrone self and enthrone the Holy Spirit, not only let him take residence, let him become president of your life. Secondly, ask God to help you to be content in all things, like the Apostle Paul said, I've learned in all things to be content. You know, we are contentious rather than content. Thirdly, stay in a spirit of praise and thanksgiving and worship. Have praise on your heart when you get up in the morning, uh, when you in the afternoon and the evening, and then have praise around your children, praise around your husband. Just be in a spirit of praise and thanksgiving, and it'll just take away that spirit of complaint. Just got your heart on God at all times. And then I want to say, uh, the uh, fourth point is that we need to ask God to keep us with a spirit of gratitude. Your uh, your attitude will determine your altitude, but it will also determine your latitude. Your attitude can determine your altitude, how high you go, and it can determine your latitude, how low you go. Then fifthly, keep the armor of God on daily. 
because we are in a spiritual warfare, and Satan loves to use complaint to neutralize us and sterilize us and take away our joy and our peace of mind. Don't allow him to do that. And sixth and lastly, this is the crude gust, which I call the shot in the skull. Repent of this spirit of complaint, because you need to repent of this spirit of complaint and turn from that sin of complaint. Because you turn everybody off in the church, in your home, in your marriage, with your children, everybody else around you. Nobody don't want to be around nobody with the spirit of complaint because you make you get into misery rather than ministry. Do you want to get into ministry? Repent of this misery spirit, and God will deliver you. Repent of that, because the Greek word repentance means montanoia. It means in Greek an about face. It means to turn from something to something. Turn from this spirit of complaint by repenting of that, and God will deliver you right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray this prayer through this message. And he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Jim. Uh, Dr. Buckner. Could you uh, give me the directions to the complaint department? Because I have a, a complaint to file. <laughs> no whiners. That's what we're looking for. And we will listen to you after the break. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark. In the studio, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We want to remind everyone that it costs us $400 a week to stay on the air. If you are blessed by this ministry, please support us with a financial donation. We don't want to torture in in one Saturday evening and find out, oh, I'm sorry, torture, <laughs> tune in on uh, one Saturday evening and find out we've gone off the air. So now's the time to help out. There are two ways to donate. Number one, you can send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. The address is P.O. Box 553 Tiburon, California, 94920. Or if you have a computer, you can go on there and to Contending Faith. Dot org. That's contendingfaith.org, and click the Donate button. Also, we won't be in the studio for the next two weeks. Dr. Buckner's uh, wife, Nancy, is having a total knee replacement this Tuesday, November 18th. Please keep her in prayer. And we know that that can be uh, the recovery from that can take a while, can it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but much uh, even hip replacements are are faster than that. Not Very much so. Walking right out of the hospital with a hip replacement, not a knee replacement. That's right. It takes some time and a lot of prayer and and therapy. You know, you have to go do a lot of physical therapy. So uh, we know that she's going to be in good stitch because she is on the floor with uh, the other nurses that she's worked with for thirty three some years on the surgical floor unit. So we know she's going to be in good stead. So we appreciate everybody's prayers, and we'll keep you. A report on how she's doing as well. Amen. Amen. And notice that we are not complaining. That's it. That's it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's it. We're in a spirit of thankfulness uh, over what God has already done. Amen. 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 Well, right. I think maybe we should go some callers. Let's do that. Uh, to Jermaine, uh, Daily City. How Hello. you doing, Jermaine? I'm doing very well. Good, good. How does the Word of God speak to you tonight? Well, it, it actually is a, it was... It was just heaven sent, Dr. Buckner. I was uh, actually having one of the worst weeks ever, and I just tuned in when you mentioned laminations and, and about not complaining. And just uh, I'm thanking the Lord even during the tribulation because it really just lets me know how blessed I am, and it's only temporary. Amen. 
That's a good word there. It's only temporary. And then in the midst of it, you know, you glorify God because, you know, it's a purpose in what you're going through. Oftentimes we want to be out of the troubles of life. And I believe that why God gave us a story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is that he put them right in the thick of it uh, as a witness. And then we need to never forget that in the midst of it, the fire, there was a fourth man there. That was Jesus that was in there with them. And no matter what we go through, always remember Jesus is there. So we don't need to complain. We just need to glorify God. We need to just have the spirit of Christ. You know, did you ever see him complaining? Uh, He just always glorified God. And uh, Philippians 2 and 5 said, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Uh, So we need to have the mind of Christ in everything we go through. That's so important for us to do that. All righty. What's on your heart tonight? Well, I just had a quick question, and I want to get some prayer. My uh, question was, I've heard uh, yourself and other pastors who I trust say how when you're going through a lot of tribulation, a lot of things, and usually it means there's a blessing coming through, and there's something trying to sidetrack you. I was just wondering if there's anything in scriptures that can be demonstrated to show how the the, uh, enemies of God know you're about to be blessed. Well, that that's the uh, the uh, good question. Do you want to know how the enemies of of God would know that you're getting ready to be blessed? Yeah, I'm just you know if there's any scripture to reference that, or is it just you know they've been around for however many years and they know just how how do we know that they know that? Well, the thing is, it, it's 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 they they don't know because uh, they are not omniscient. You know, the, the only God knows that. God is omniscient means that he is all wise. Uh, what the, the enemy does is that he tries to cheat us of it. He, you know, he knows that God has a blessing for us, but the enemy doesn't know that in terms of knowledge. He doesn't have no control of uh, that, and the Scriptures doesn't pinpoint that with the enemy because the the point of it is is that it, it emphasizes God is the one that knows the blessings that is in store for us, and that it talks about that in Ephesians chapter 1, that he has all blessings in the heavenly for us, uh, and it talks about God is the one that knows. So the enemy, is he's not omniscient. He doesn't know those things. All he tries to do, his game plan is to uh, steal, kill, and destroy, you know, John 10 and 10. And he comes to as a murderer. The Bible speaks of him in John 8 and 44. He's a murderer, Jesus speaks of him about being. And then he comes to uh, literally sidetrack us from the things of God. But uh, their game plan is not so much knowing the blessing in store, but actually distracting and trying to do everything they can to destroy us or uh, steal our joy or what have you. Okay, you know, and I guess I, I guess I kind of made a mistake by just kind of presupposing that every situation that that's difficult comes from uh, demonic activity. But it, I guess if you look at Job chapter one, would, would it be safe to say that a lot of time God allows it for a purpose? Yes, He does, because in 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 the book of Job, He allows it for a purpose, and also Romans eight and twenty eight, all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. So there's a purpose in everything we go through. And what the, you remember Joseph uh, said this to his brothers, 
uh, in Genesis 50, what you intended for evil, God will bring uh, good. So God is the one that constantly knows what the end will be and the results. Satan is just out there as a paranoid schizophrenic suffering with delusions of grandeur. He's sick, and he's always about trying to cheat us uh, of what God uh, potentially has for us because his thing is to still kill and destroy. But in the book of Job, yes, God allows these things to happen uh, for his own glory, and he's the omniscient one. He's the one that knows it, and he's the one that has control of everything, and Satan, is he doesn't have that type of power. I might just interject here. Yes. In, in my experience and in my understanding of the Bible that any suffering that we go through is God is going to use for his purposes. For his purposes. That, that you know, whether we, we get blessings for sure, but, but a blessing isn't necessarily uh, – it, it may be because we are obedient that we found, we, we found ourselves with a blessing or for whatever God's purposes are. But really, when you look back on your life, you can really look at the sufferings that you've gone through that have made these – that have sanctified you. Yes. In the process. And it builds character as well. You know, Paul talks about that in Romans, uh, that how what perseverance brings us, you know, mm-hmm. uh, character. And it builds all of those things. So in the midst of it, and then also he, when he spoke to the Church of Philippi, he, he talked about that, no, not only the, the power of the resurrection, but the fellowship of his suffering. That suffering has fellowship in it. But the ultimate end of it is is that God is the one that's in control, and he controls everything, and he knows the end. Satan doesn't know that. He's just in the business of doing everything he can to uh, cheat us uh, of the, the, the worship and the praise of God, and to he wants to worship himself because when Jesus uh, was on his mission uh, to die for us, he came before him in uh, Matthew 4 and Luke 4, and said, all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them I'll give you if you fall down and worship me. So his game plan is to come and thwart uh, us more so from the standpoint of worshiping God to worshiping him. He doesn't care less about, his main thing is doesn't care less about your future blessings. So see, he wants you to worship him, you know. So the emphasis is more so upon him thwarting us to worship him rather than worshiping God, because he hates God and everything that God is about. Okay, well, thank you, thank you, and thank you, Brother Jim, as well. That, that really helped me out. And, uh, you know, my prayer request tonight, basically I had a, a malfunctioning transponder with a fast track, and it turned out it hadn't been working in months. And I had a situation where my, my vehicle was towed, and it just took a lot. It took all week to get it out, but it cost thousands of dollars that uh, I needed for bills, and they said they would reimburse me in two weeks, and then they told me it was going to actually be two months after I paid everything. And so I'm just, instead of uh, panicking, you know, to take care of my bills, I'm just going to give it to the Lord and, and wait and see what he does. Amen. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. This is one program that we really encourage people to call in and ask for prayer requests, and we want to take the prayer request that you've given us seriously. So we're going to ask Brother Jim to lead us in prayer. And let's go before the Lord and do that. Fast track. Hmm. Yeah, I uh, was thinking about getting that, and maybe I'll reconsider. <laughs> Amen. Check up on it. Make sure to check up on it. Yeah. Uh, well, let's bring this before the Lord. Um, Father God, we just pray for Jermaine and that uh, the situation he's found himself in, it's a financially difficult one, Lord. 
especially when you're feel like you're accused of something that you're not guilty of and you've been given a, a penalty or a punishment that you feel that is not uh, you're not worthy of. Um, Lord, we pray that you would bless Jermaine through this, that you would help him through the financial difficulty of it, Lord, that you provide for him. And uh, Lord, we pray that uh, that your hand would be upon him, and that uh, through this process, that he will he will be sanctified, and he will glorify your name even more. And Lord, we lift you up always, and pray these things in the name of your Son Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jim. Thank you, uh, Jermaine, for your call, and we appreciate always your questions. Yeah, and you guys have a happy Thanksgiving, and I'm praying hard for Mrs. Buckner continuously. Thank you so much. We appreciate it, and we'll keep you posted on how she's doing. All right. Amen. All righty. God bless. Well, let's uh, go to our next caller. All right. Sounds good. Let's go to uh, Cece in Castro Valley. Are you there? Yeah, yes, I am. How are you doing, Cece? Uh, how you guys doing? We're truly blessed of the Lord and highly favored. And uh, well, how does the message speak to you tonight? It's supposed to be in a lot of ways, too, because earlier I was, um, I was at a Bible study, and um, the speaker that was speaking actually spoke on that, you know, about being 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 content in that. He actually used the same um, um, I get the same thing that you used when you talked about Paul being content in all things and uh, being thankful. And um, I think that's um, very, very important. And I was also talking to my friend about that prior to that about being thankful, you know, about the things. And, you know, because it was a time when my money was really low and um, I was really struggling and I had to eat like five to seven bowls of oatmeal a day and I was living off that. And even at that time, I was telling my friend how thankful I was just to even have that oatmeal. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, this this is better than nothing. So I was really enjoying that. Not saying I don't complain because I do, you know, but I was thankful. And then it even spoke to me about the car accident because last, last night, me and my friend, we were riding, and there was a bad, bad car accident, and it was a lot of traffic, and police were around, and we had to drive around, and as my friend was driving, I thought in my heart, I said, God, I thank you that that wasn't me. I said, that could have been me, and I always thank God, like, every night I get home, I thank him for letting me make it home safely. Like, God, I actually walked through the door, you know, and so, I mean, there's so many things that we could be thankful for, and there's a lot of things that we complain about, and I'm really glad that you brought that up, and not, I'm not saying I don't complain, but I do, but then I do have a aware and a consciousness of the things that I have, like having a roof over my head, food to eat, or even if just having health and breath in my body, even talk to you right now, or even freedom is a, being free, if you guys locked up, is, 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 is to be thankful for it, so I really appreciate that message, because that's something I try to do, I mean, I don't always do it, but... um it really spoke to me in that way, and it's other ways it spoke to me too. But I know there's a lot of callers on the line. I know they get mad at me about just to go well, on and on and on. Well, you're so you're so right about it, and uh, <clears throat> you know when he commands us, it's a command in First Thessalonians five and eighteen. Uh, thank God in all things. That means we are to thank Him in all things. It doesn't say uh, complain in all things. As a matter of fact, it doesn't say complain in anything. The scriptures, it says, thank God in all things. That means even when you see an accident, when you have a sickness, or when you have a problem and there's a struggle in your marriage, thank God. You thank God for everything. Now, my question to you before you ask your question, and even if we go to commercial break, we'll, we have some time uh, to address your, your question. But I wanted to ask you the spiritual million-dollar question uh, how do you feel about oatmeal now? 
Uh, I, I, I still like it. I do eat it, but I don't eat I don't eat as many as bowls, bowls as I used to eat. But uh, I like it, but not as much as I used to like it. I, I like it a lot more. I do like. I still I love oatmeal, but I, I haven't had had so much of it. So it's like wow, you know. I still eat a bowl a day because my grandmother she raised me to eat it. You know, I ate it, so I eat a bowl a day of oatmeal. It's like my first meal in the morning, but. Um, I'm not as fun as I used to be of Oatmeal, but I'm thankful. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I couldn't resist that question, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Well, the, what's on your heart? And then uh, I know we have about two more minutes before the uh, break, and then we'll come back. Uh, what's on your heart? Um, I wanted to ask you again, and um, I'm in Proverbs chapter 12. I think it's um, verse, verse, 17. Yeah, verse 17. Yes. Yeah. Did you want me to read it? Yeah, read it real quick. Okay. It says, He that speaketh truth show forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. Okay, uh, we'll uh, hold that question, and when we come back from the commercial break, I will address it. Brother Jim. I like oatmeal. I like oatmeal with brown sugar. Amen. You yeah. ever tried it with pit milk? No, I haven't. Oh, brother, it takes it to a different level. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to try that. Amen. Huh? All right, well, we're going to be back after this break. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And we are talking about complaining. And on that note, I just thought I'd read a verse, one of my favorites, from the book of Romans. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That this idea, this perplexing idea that we should have joy in the midst of our sufferings is, uh, I think, is something that all Christians have probably uh, wondered about at one time or another, especially when you're in the middle of it. And uh, and as we are talking to Cece and uh, and discussing uh, Proverbs, I just thought Dr. Buckner might have some interesting comments about having joy in our sufferings. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's so important. And because uh, uh, the joy is a key word that uh, will diminish complaints. And, you know, when we think about Scripture, uh, when I think about, it, matter of fact, the word joy, uh, the acronym for joy to me is Jesus. J stands for Jesus. And then the O stands for others and the Y for you. And that's I think that's the formation that we should go about when we look at the word joy. But one of the scriptures that we always say in church uh, in terms of the benediction is Jude 24 and 25, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. <clears throat> so God has not only come to give us joy, but an exceeding joy. <clears throat> and I believe that that joy, the root of that joy comes by how filled are we by the Holy Spirit. If we're really walking in the Word, walking in prayer, walking in the Holy Spirit, one of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 and 22 is not only self-control, but joy and peace and gentleness. So we're going to be gentle towards others rather than complaining. We're going to be gentle. I think the reason why we complain is because we're more controlled by the flesh than we are by the Holy Spirit. And I think we really need to fall down on our knees and say, like Dwight Lyman Moody said in his book, Secret Powers, uh, he said that before there can be a feeling, 
there has to be an emptying. Mm-hmm. And he says many of God's people are praying for God to fill them when they're already filled with something else. And he says there has to be an emptying before there can be a filling. And that's, that book, Secret Powers, that, that revolutionized the life of Walter Martin and my life as well. And we really need to ask God to fill us with the Holy Spirit. And we'll get to uh, CC in a, in a second here. But um, I believe that <clears throat> we've come out of uh, environments and settings where our lives have been uh, affected by uh, patterns and conditionings. And we've been programmed like a computer to complain. And uh, we need to be unprogrammed. And the Holy Spirit is the only one that can do that with the conditioning. And he's the one that can deliver us. And we need to fall on our knees and repent of, of this sin of this ugly sin of complaint because the the bottom line of it is is that Satan, as long as we do that, we fall right in the category of the children of Israel. We we don't make it to the areas by which God wants to bless us and we don't flourish in the fruitations of God, which is his spirit. So we cheat ourselves of the blessings of God and we cheat ourselves of the infillment of the Holy Spirit. Because every day we've been uh, indwelt by the Holy Spirit the moment we get saved. But infilling is a daily experience. And so Dwight Levin Moody says in his book, Secret Powers, that we are leaky vessels and we have to stay under the fountain at all times in order to receive a fresh supply, a fresh anointing, a fresh infilling because we are leaky. We get affected by things around us. And just like an addict is addicted to drugs or food or smoking or or alcohol, there are many people in our churches and outside of our churches who are addicts to complaint. They that's they cannot live without it. They they are so it's so ingrained in them that it's going to take a miracle of God to deliver them. Because some people I've noticed some people that are heavy smokers they have to complain so that they can go outside and 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 have a, a fellowship with their little friend, which is the cigarette who's killing them. Mm-hmm. And one guy called me one time on the radio a long time ago. It was back in the 90s. He says, Dr. Buckner, I am a Christian. I know I'm a Christian. I want to ask you a question. Will I get to heaven if I'm a smoker? I said, if you're truly born again, you will get to heaven. You keep on smoking, you'll just get there sooner. <laughs> 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 Amen. Uh, Brother Cece, you there? Yes, I am. Okay, let's get to your uh, question. Yeah. Um, okay, that's that was in uh, Proverbs 12 and 17. Uh, he that speaketh truth showeth forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. This is in the context of uh, Solomon talking about people uh, in a court setting. And in those days, they had court settings as well. And He's saying that those who speak truth in a court setting is following righteousness. And those who don't say the truth in a court setting is falling into the trap of deceit. Now, people oftentimes will say, okay, because we know this is true, that um, the Bible, Jesus taught that uh, swear not by heaven because it's God's throne, nor swear by earth because it's God's footstool. So when we go into a courtroom, what are we supposed to do? Because they tell you to swear. 
They even tell you to swear on the Bible. Well, there is a way to deal with that, and many Christians have come to grips with saying, I will not swear in court, and they respect that, and they say, I confirm to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So, uh, But still, it points to truth. So uh, this truth here points to, in verse 17, Jesus. Jesus says, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me, John 14 and 6. And then, uh, and so the truth of God is also a, uh, synonymous with wisdom. And so Jesus is the wisdom of God. And when it says he is the wisdom of God, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it says he's the power and wisdom of God. I've shared that many times with Jehovah's Witnesses. I said it, it, it's called Jesus in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the power and wisdom of God. So they'll read it, and I'll say, now, the question I want to ask you, Joe Witnesses, is that has God's power and wisdom ever been created? (gasps) You know, they become somewhat catatonic. What what, 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 what do they know what to say? Because God's power and wisdom has always been there, and Jesus is the one who stepped out on nothing, grabbed a handful of nothing, and threw it nowhere, and it became a cosmos. He always was and always will be. He's the eternal one. He's the, from everlasting to everlasting, he is God. And so uh, when it says, uh, you know, that, and it uses the word, the beginning, he's the beginning of the creation of God in the book of Revelation, what it's saying is the Greek word for beginning is simply means arche, uh, and that's where we get the English word architect. So he's the designer, he's the maker. He's a sustainer. He's the creator of all things. So this truth is speaking of Jesus. And when we have him in our hearts, in a courtroom or no matter where we go, we are to speak that truth and righteousness and not a false witness because the word witness here uh, applies it to a court setting. That's what uh, Solomon's talking about. So hopefully that helps you out. Yeah, it helped out a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. And what's on your heart, uh, uh, tonight. Um, again, I want to pray. If you can, just pray for um, my mother, Rose and Linda, and my, my dad and my sister, and then you can actually just pray for my family, however you want. Then, then you can pray for me in a number of ways, however you guys want to, but just add to it that I, I want to get a, a good night's sleep. And then I want to, if you guys can, pray for Tom Cruise. I want to continue to pray for his salvation, and as well as um, to pray pray to God, because I know a lot of celebrities have been having untimely deaths for making like bad decisions, that uh, God would be give them um, wisdom not to do those things so they won't have to have their life cut short, and they'll come to a saving knowledge of who he is by somebody speaking the gospel to him. Very good. Well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to um, have uh, Sister Kim, that's Jim's uh, lovely wife, uh, we always love to hear her uh, beautiful the words of prayer. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Amen. And her beautiful prayers. And so even if you have a few words you want to say to my brother, you're welcome to do that, and then you can lead us in a prayer, Sister Kim. Hi, Cece. It was an amazing message tonight, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I really enjoyed it. Yes, this was very, very good, Dr. Buckner. I thank you for preaching this tonight because it meant a lot to me. Um, And how did it speak to you, by the way? Well, it just spoke to me in a way that um, it's so easy to go through life and to just get your— mind settled and looking at other things besides the Lord sometimes when we go about our daily business. 
And that is a sin. And that is something that you said, you know, complaining is a sin. And it is something that we do need to repent of. And it's something that needs to be brought to our attention because this can keep us from the blessings that God has for us. And, And to getting to that point where God is working and moving in our lives and to be dependent upon him. And so... When we get our focus on ourself, of course, that keeps us from his plan and purpose for our life. And so um, thank you for that as a great, great reminder. So um, anyways, Lord, yeah, Lord, we just come before you. And Father, I just thank you, God, that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And Father, I just um, thank you for this timely message that I know is ministered to them. Many, many people out there, Lord, tonight hearing this, Lord, on the radios and in their cars as they're driving and then in their homes or their workplaces, Lord, even right now. Father, we just come before you and we repent right now um, of our spirit of complaining, Father. Lord, this is not of you. And Father, um, we just lay this before your throne and at your feet, Father. And Lord, I just pray for um, that you would speak to us as believers in you that you would just fill us, Holy Spirit, even now as we pray and as we come before you, that we would just walk in overflowing, Lord, um, in your presence, that the joy, your joy, Lord, would just be evident in our lives to um, our families and to those people around us, Lord, um, where we work or even if we're at the grocery store or driving in the car, Father. There are so many things, Lord, for us to be thankful for. And, Father, um, we just need to be on our knees, Lord, um, before you and asking, Father, for forgiveness for this sin, Lord. And, Father, I just lift up Cece to you right now and and his family. Lord, I just lift up his mom, Rosalinda, and I just pray, Father, that you would just touch her. And, Lord, I don't know exactly what the situation is right now with her, but, Lord, you do. You know every intimate detail, Lord, of what she may be dealing with or going through. And, Father, I just pray that you would just touch her life right now. And, Holy Spirit, just bring peace upon her. And, Lord, I just lift up Cece's dad and his sister and his whole family, that you would just bless them and that you would minister to his family, that Cece would just be a word of encouragement, Lord, to his family, Father. And, Lord, we even pray for his sleep tonight, Lord, that he would just rest and get the sleep that his body needs and that, Holy Spirit, that you would just... Speak to him even um, as he's sleeping tonight, Lord, that he would just wake up full of joy, Lord, and full of mercies, Father. And, Lord, I just pray for some of the actors that he's mentioned, Lord, who have been facing these untimely deaths, Lord, and Tom Cruise, Lord, who he is asking for prayer, Lord. We just, Lord, we know that you created these people, Father, and that you love them, Father. And, Lord, we just pray that you would just reach the hearts and the minds of many of these Actors and actresses in Hollywood, Lord, even the ones who seem like they would never, ever come to you. Father, you know their heart. You know who they are intimately, Father, in ways that we will never know. But, Father, you know them. And I just pray even now that you would just minister to these men and women, Lord, that the people and their families that know you, that they would be a light, that they would speak the truth of who you are. And that, Lord, a um, a change would just take place, Father. We know that it can be done because... You are King of kings and Lord of lords. And, Father, we just lift up all these things to you. We lay them at your feet, and we just rest knowing, Lord, that you are answering our prayers even now. And we praise you in Jesus' name. 
Amen. 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 What a beautiful prayer. Thank you so much, uh, Sister Kim. We just uh, appreciate that prayer administered to all of us, and I know to Brother Cece. Cece, thank you so much for your uh, call, and uh, remember, we will not be in studio for the next couple of weeks, So, uh, but we'll be back and, uh, you know, ready to roll in the Lord. So thank you so much for your call. Thank you. Thank, thank you for the prayer. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. You know, um, I want to read a scripture here. I know we're getting close to the end, but it's in Philippians chapter 4, and it speaks about this thing of contentment. And this is what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4 and verses 10 through uh, 13. In Philippians 4 and uh, verses 10 through 13, but I rejoice. That's interesting he uses the word rejoice. He doesn't say, but I complain. He says, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly. Oh, Lord, help us to have that type of attitude that now at the last your care of me has flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want. Oh, that's a good thing for word faith teachers. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Isn't that something? To be content no matter what state I'm in. Amen. I know both how to abase and I know how to abound everywhere, everywhere. And in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and, here's the word, suffer need. This is the key. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthen me. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and edification and exhortation of his holy word. What a word for us, Jim. What a word to close on. Yeah, no, I'm going to blast through this because we are at the end of this fantastic. Can we get another hour? Another hour, okay? Just one more. (laughs) All right, well, that's the end of our program tonight. And we would like to thank uh, Rick, who's our phone counselor, and John, our engineer, for being a part of tonight's program. And uh, please keep us in your prayers until the next time we're on, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.